0: Day, good night and welcome to the All Elite Review Show. I'm Kevin Laramie, joined by Jason Hagholm. Jason, how you doing tonight?
1: I am doing quite well. Uh, very excited to once again chat with you, Kevin, after another really interesting episode of AEW's Dynamite. And uh, hopefully we can be as hot talking about it as the crowd in Philadelphia was all night.
0: It was a very hot crowd in Philadelphia at the Lycura Center the home of Temple in Philadelphia University. Uh, the show started with SCU and the best friends, but you mentioned the crowd in Philadelphia. It reacted all night long through spots that even were like unplanned, but really fun, like the shoe spot where uh, <laughs> Scorpio Sky uh, lost his shoe. Or the, the, the heel of the best friends threw it in the crowd the crowd threw it back and the commentators mentioned it i thought that was really funny we'll get there but it was a very raucous crowd in philly for the third episode of aew dynamite jason
1: yeah it definitely was i mean starting out on the east coast of the united states really is uh helped them out a lot i think last week's crowd in boston was really hot but philadelphia brought it to another level i mean obviously philadelphia is one of the best wrestling cities in uh, pretty much the entire world obviously with the history of uh being the the foundation of ecw and then anytime you had a big show from wwf wcw uh wherever it may be uh czw getting its birth there uh Anytime you go to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the crowd's going to be into it, vocal, and they definitely were tonight.
0: You mentioned CZW. We get a little bit of CZW later in the show with John Moxley. And uh, I thought that was a little great uh, nod in John Moxley, the way he's booked, the way he's talked, and the way they use different production values in this show. We saw more videos, more uh, package video in this show, and I really enjoyed the few of them we'll get to there. But let's start. With the beginning of this show, Jason, SCU, Southern California, uh, United, I guess, soccer team, no, Uh, the versus (laughs) best friends, a match, of course, in the tag team tournament, SCU, Chris Daniels and uh, Christopher, and uh, Kazarian, here we go, Kazarian, it's been a long day for me, uh, by the way, uh, full disclosure, I was covering a soccer game last night, seven hours away from where I am right now, but uh, now, (laughs) back to soccer, Jason, soccer Again, wrestling. Jeez, it's going to be a long show. But here we <laughs> go. Chris Daniels was attacked by the Lucha Brothers. The d- dastardly Lucha Brothers attacked SCU. And Chris Daniels was piledriver on the ramp. First of all, it's fun to see piledrivers back in wrestling. One of my favorite moves ever because it looks devastating. And yes, Chris Daniels was stretchered off and could not continue. That's why Scorpio Sky took his place for SCU.
1: Yeah, it was uh, interesting to me how they started the program because the past two weeks it's been chaos and anarchy at the end of the show. And and while that's exciting and all, you obviously can't rely on week after week ending on insanity like that. So they at least – they carried the insanity over from last Wednesday to the start of this Wednesday's show. And I thought it worked out really well. Uh, I mean, it continues kind of a storyline building up that SU and, uh, the Lucha Bros have beef. Maybe they'll find themselves out meeting in this tag team finals. Uh, that's what I would expect, but, uh, Daniel's being out of it. And as you mentioned, pile drivers, you would expect AEW try to capitalize as many pile drivers as they can with their wrestlers, uh, not going pile driver happy, but when needed to be done as pile drivers, of course, a band move by their competition. Uh, So you saw that the stretcher job and then Scorpio Sky came out and this is really when the crowd started to get their first uh, heat wave of the evening as Scorpio Sky was positioned in week one to be a a real breakout star for AEW and uh, he continued that trend tonight. Just a tremendous reaction. The The fans are involved in him and I think big things are about to come for Scorpio Sky.
0: If there's one thing I can say that I like about AEW Dynamite so far is how they incorporate storyline and just little details. The fact that Chris Daniels was attacked and Scorpio Sky had to take over and was not dressed in his wrestling attire because he was not supposed to wrestle. He was in his jeans and a t-shirt and just there and not his wrestling shoes and the best friend I can not remember which one but took his his shoe off and threw it in the crowd because well he doesn't have wrestling boots so they're not tight and they're easy to take out and all make a good story little details like this makes makes it the watching of AEW Dynamite rewarding if you pay attention if you watch little details they'll be paid and they'll be paid out and you'll get the reward and that's what I feel it's exciting watching this show so far after 3 weeks Jason is little like, chaotic thing, it feels like it's, it's, it's organic, it's natural. Like, oh yeah, well of course, the guy got injured, he can't wrestle, the guy takes over, and yeah, he's not ready, he's not fully makeup and dressed and has his fully re- wrestling gear on because he was expecting to wrestle. No, he was caught off guard, and he's not ready, he's not warmed, and it all blends into the storyline of the match and the story of the match itself, and I really enjoyed
1: that. Well, as well, too, is we're so used to what happened, like, in that situation where uh, what we're so used to seeing from WWE is you'd have someone be attacked, like, in this case, Christopher Daniels, and either the match would then be Kazarian having to wrestle both the best friends, <laughs> or we'd save the match for a couple segments later or later on in the show, and it then would be, is... Christopher Daniels is going to be back. What's going to happen? Or who will Kazarian find to be a partner of his choosing? What have you? I mean, obviously, maybe not so much with this because it is a three-man unit of SCU. But nonetheless, that's what we would expect to see. And the crowd was into it. I mean, I liked how they went to it. They were like, look, Chris Daniels can't wrestle. You're here now. you got to get in the ring and help your your, uh, partner out in Kazarian. And that's exactly what happened. And just what a... What a great start to, to the show once again. Uh, AEW making tag team wrestling, uh, yeah. showing how valuable it is. I think tag team wrestling, when done well, is some of the best wrestling that you can watch. It's exciting. Uh, there's so much action going on. and. It just sets the crowd off and the show off on such a great vibe and there was a lot of tag matches on this show yeah. which you may want to could nit- nitpick one too many tag matches but they all had value i felt on this show and helped uh grow development obviously two of them being for a tag tournament and the other one which we'll get to uh continue storylines yeah. but uh i thought this was a good showcase for the best friends as well but pretty much this was a match i think to get scorpio sky over and just show this guy's on the verge in maybe six months' time to be challenging for a world title.
0: And the three tag team matches that happened all felt different too, right? Yeah. Because you had a squash match, you had a close affair here with a a heat, a storyline, a comeback, and also the fact that Daniels was attacked earlier and couldn't participate, and Kazarian had a back problem because of the suplex and all that. So it, there was a storyline in the match that was continuing, and all the different tag team matches, actually there was four tag team matches in this in this show, three of them were really feeling different, and the other one for, of course, a Kenny Omega uh, with Hangman Page versus Bastard Pack, and John Moxley had a different feel to it, but of course, Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian, SCU, moving on, beating uh, Best Friends, I really like, though, this spot, because of course, you have your clear baby faces, SCU, your clear heel with the best friends, but the, the hug spot that is appreciated by the crowd Well, they'll make it they milked it. They made you wait about five minutes for it and when they gave it to you the crowd popped and then the match moved on. And I thought it's a good way to acknowledge a spot that the crowd likes without building an entire match around it and just using it to continue building the heat for the match and continuing with it.
1: The only thing with the best friends that it just felt It missed and a missed opportunity to just help uh, get the crowd more invested in them as the crowd obviously knows how talented Chuck Taylor and Trent Barretta are. But the big thing with this group now has been Orange Cassidy and there was no Orange Cassidy at all. So that was a little worrisome or awkward. Like Uh, why wasn't he out there uh, in some capacity?
0: Uh, For me, it's foreshadowing that maybe now that they've lost and they're not in that tournament anymore, there will be some storyline de- developing with the three of them. I don't know. but For me, it's it's deliberate that we didn't see Orange Cassidy, right? That omission is too big to not be meaningful.
1: Well, you would, would hope. I know that AEW is using a lot of uh, YouTube videos, whether it's Being the Elite or stuff on AEW Dark. Hopefully, there's a follow-up as to why Orange Cassidy wasn't there. It just did feel weird that he wasn't there since he's been a big part of this group since debuting in uh, as a member of the Best Friends at uh, All Out back at the end of August.
0: Let's move on. Santana and Ortiz versus, what was the other guy's name? Alex Silver, but I, I didn't miss the other one because it was... It
1: was John Silver and Alex Reynolds.
0: There you go. John Silver, Alex Reynolds, two cookie-cutter, I would say glorified jobber, because they did look better than a regular jobber, they were given a little bit, but this was a squash match for Santana Ortiz, made to look strong, big, important as well, because they're a member of Chris Jericho's inner circle, they're part of the big heel faction of the company, they have to be built as monsters, and this was The importance of this match is to build Santana and Ortiz in the tag team division as monsters and then to issue a challenge and I loved how they achieved this. Of course you have the squash mask, the big move which was actually, I don't know what they call it, it's a very impressive maneuver and that's what Excalibur said, it's all a very impressive maneuver, no name was mentioned for that hold that they do together, but it was very impressive, they get the win, of course, they celebrate, they do their their shtick, Ortiz bites the rope, and I like that, because it's like the pit bull on the video they show on the screen, and then they walk on the ramp, look at the video, Chris Jericho appears, applauds, starts talking, starts talking about le challenge, le champion, challenge the Young Bucks for full gear, Centeno Ortiz are challenging the Young Bucks for the next pay-per-view.
1: Yeah, I mean, I thought this was a simple segment. Obviously, uh, not a big match for Santana and Ortiz or, what, pride and power or something of that that, uh, effect. I mean, at this rate, just may as well call them just Santana and Ortiz. But, yeah, I think squash matches, uh, even though we don't see them as much, we don't have those Saturday morning programs like a WWF Superstars or WCW Saturday night where they were... uh, you know by the the match full i think they still work i mean when jack sweat or jake hager as jack swagger debuted in ecw some 10 years ago squash matches helped get him over uh you see it time and time again uh, uh getting certain talent over and i think they, they have an important part just showcasing the move set that santana and ortiz can do there wasn't a spot on this card for them to have a really big match so that was fine and then of course jericho getting the promo on the big screen uh, basically, just putting them over and saying why they were in their group because they're you know insane. They're they're thugs. They'll pickpocket you, beat you up, what have you. And then the nice touch I added—I don't know if it was intentional or not—but you could hear Santana Ortiz just going like "hush" or "ah" like while he's cutting the promo. Like <laughs> I like that kind of stuff. It just shows that you know they're paying attention. They're listening to what Jericho says, and it just added another element to this promo instead of just an on-screen promo that was uh, pre-recorded earlier.
0: And they felt like they were worshipping Chris Jericho, basically, right? It almost feels like a cult. And they're looking at him like, yeah, we want more. Give it to us. And I kind of like that, too. Now, a Cody Brandy Rhodes hype video. The production values of this video was top-notch. Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, DDP, Michelle Reynolds, Cody's mother, MJF, We're all part of this video, DDP, MJF, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, all with different background, but all documentary type interview type style segment mixed in with very highly cinematography, Mm -hmm. cinematographic value of a production for the shots of Cody Rhodes in his kitchen with Brandy going over his agenda and him being lost in thought just thinking about Full Gear and his match with Chris Jericho and Brandy mentioning, well, of course, we knew when when, uh, Cody accepted that match for the title that we would lose Cody for a while. He would be lost in his mind getting ready for this match and you see training videos, a little bit of a montage, him in a deep... Uh, sensory uh, depriving tank to meditate. No, it was an amazing hype video, Jason.
1: It was really well done and I liked it because not only the people you had in the video talking about Cody, like yes, you had Brandy his wife, you had Cody's mom, you had DDP, you had MJF, You had uh, both Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone, as you mentioned. But it's different people from different years of experience in professional wrestling and how close they relate to Cody Rhodes. And they're just putting over the fact of, yes, Cody Rhodes, like the thing he's got to worry about here is he's got to worry about not just – wrestling in the main event at full gear come november 9th in baltimore but he's got to worry about the whole rest of the card and putting it together he's got to more now when he gets in there put his wrestling hat on and how important him being the face of the company not only you know in front of the camera promoting the brand as a whole but he needs that belt i thought was great and as you mentioned the production values this felt very much like a ufc countdown special yep. where you see the, the behind-the-scenes shots of the training and what goes into the preparation of your big championship fight or your big fight on an on a MMA type card, a UFC pay-per-view. It really felt like that, and I think we need to get to more of that in MMA. We saw it to an extent a little bit with TNA, but if this is what it's going to be like for production values and these pieces put in to separate the wrestling, I'm all for it because – We don't get to see this that often on on Dynamite so far. It's been straight to the back. uh, It's been straight to commercial or to the next match. This was a nice break where you just can't rush, rush through matches. And I'd like to see uh, AEW Dark get some of this stuff as well. Or even just re-air this to re-emphasize how good this video was.
0: And I hope we get to see that video on YouTube as well. Using that video, the amount of money invested in that video is probably a few hundred thousand dollars. Just because of the production value. So... Might as well use it as much as you can. And I agree with you. And also, to continue, I I thought this show, the third episode, was a bit more free. It felt a bit more, I would say, not as tight. A a bit more flowing and able to Mm -hmm. breathe between segments. And I think it's important, having the two, three seconds, sometimes establishing shot when you come back from from commercial, to, to have time to breathe because... It's supposed to be a show that you can watch and it just goes by in a flash, right? You're not supposed to pay attention every single second because something happens, yes, at some point in a match or when the crowd gets excited. But it's also a show that can breathe, that is watchable, that has good watchability. And I think they nailed it on this show. The first few shows, you have a lot of, of hype, a lot of things that you already marketed that you're going to do, so you're obligated to do them, and you have to shorten the time. But now, in this third episode, I think they nailed the timing, the pace of this show, felt a bit more free-flowing.
1: Yeah, I mean, this show felt more like they were getting into their groove, whereas the first show, obviously, a lot of hype, a lot of stuff maybe not going right but you had a a lot of intrigue from press and media outlets and you know being something totally different to what we're used to seeing on mainstream wrestling and on mainstream network television the second week you just want to see how they follow up with it but i thought that especially that first hour i thought they got a lot accomplished in and that to me really impresses me two hours it seems like a lot but it's not really a lot you got to put those commercials in there as well so it's really about an hour and 45 minute show Uh, i thought they got a lot of time, and I used it very wisely and accomplished a lot. So, kudos to AEW for making every segment mean something and even breaking it up with that video.
0: Yep, and that video was amazing. Now, uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DD, Britt Baker versus Riho for the women's title. And uh, we were expecting a great match. We did have a great match. The David versus Goliath storyline that Riho will have to face in almost every match. Was used once again. And how they finished it. Of course a few times during the match. Riho was caught in a submission. By Brit Baker. And was close to the brink of tapping. And eventually. Oh she was stuck. She couldn't tap. And Dr. Britt Baker goes. For the lock maneuver. Oh the mouth doesn't open. Riho opens the mouth. She's on the brink. Turns her over. Small package. Rio retains with the pen
1: yeah i mean i thought this just showed how valuable the crowd was and i mean AEW's women division i think is probably the, the thing the most lacking so far but you know give props i think riho is arguably one of the top baby faces in not just AEW but all of wrestling right now that crowd in philadelphia loved her so much And that match was really excellent, about 10 to 15 minutes, a competitive one-on-one match for a championship. And Riho came out, countered the move of Dr. Britt Baker, the lockjaw, that they've been establishing, whether it was her tag match on AEW Dark and then last week on Dynamite. I just don't know where we go with Britt Baker from here. I know they hyped up for next week in Pittsburgh, which is uh, Britt Baker's hometown that, the you know, it's going to be yeah. returned to Brittsburgh, but so <laughs> she you know, lost clean to the champion after two weeks of being built up as the number one contender. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where they go. I mean, that the big saying by Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone, oh, she's still someone going to be to watch for. Yeah. But it's like why? when you lose a match, and this is a company based on wins and losses, Like, she's got to go to the bottom of this women's division. There's no way she can come right back and even be close to a title shot, right? Like, there's there's no way she can.
0: There's one way when Dr. Britt Baker becomes bad doctor. In her hometown, right?
1: Basing it on wins and losses here. Like, she'd have to pick up.
0: But if she beats up. A bunch of wins. She beats up Riho badly, badly. Like example, Britt Baker comes back home next week. It's her homecoming in Britsburg. She comes out and she's going to say, Oh yeah, I worked hard. I tried my best. I really worked hard last week. Riho, please come down. Come here. I want to congratulate you in person once again. Please come down. Music hits, Rio comes down, goes into the ring, they talk, blah blah blah, yes, once again, I want to congratulate you, shakes the hand, nope, beats her down, log jaw, leaves her laying, sends her to the hospital, we don't see Rio for a month, when she comes back, she's like, I know, I want to face, I want to face Britt Baker, I want to do anything to face Britt Baker, Britt Baker's like, I'm not facing you until you put the title on the line, and there you go, You've got yourself a tiles match for full gear.
1: I just don't know if you want to turn her so fast. I think the thing we've noticed with AEW is if they're going to turn someone, it's going to be a slow build with little hints. I just don't know if they want to True. turn her right away. Though, granted, anytime you see someone coming and they hype up a homecoming, it's either a big match, at least what we've seen from WWE, big match and that person loses or they rarely win, but I don't know. It's gonna be interesting to see, that, as I said before, they're basing it off wins and losses. And she seems to be a big focal point of this marketing campaign for how AEW's marketing is being different. Well, she's different. She's someone that by day is a real life dentist, and then at, the, at night she's now a you know big time deal with AEW in their women's division. I just don't know if you wanna turn her heel right away I mean, maybe you could go full George St. Pierre, like 2006 storyline where, you know, he lost the <laughs> original title shot he had against Matt Hughes, worked his way back, beating the best of the best, and then eventually wins the championship. So, so yeah. you could do something like that. I think that would work out maybe a bit more than just your typical, oh, turn heel type thing right away. Or if you're going to turn heel, at least uh, have some slow development. I mean, she what happened to this Rhea, this feud with who, uh, who was it? Like she was... In a tag match last week, like wasn't right? it? Like, uh, be a, be a, be a, Pri- yeah, a priestly, yeah. be a priestly. Like where's that? Yeah,
0: that's like, true. There, there's two of those. There's the Hangman Page and Jack Hager last week as well. The little scuffle that happened on the ramp, I thought was going to lead to something. It wasn't addressed today, so maybe it will be addressed, or maybe it's going to be one of those storylines that is set up for later down the road. And the, uh, then we had a recap of the SCU Lutra Bros attack earlier on in the recap on the health of Christopher Daniels. Apparently, he had a stinger. He's up, he's mobile, and he's okay. Of course, it's all a shoot, but it's all a work, I mean, but the way it's it's approached with a little bit of the sports feel where if you have a big injury, you do a callback during the show, a little info, flash info, news info, and that does put the emphasis on that move. It's a callback, and it makes for a... Fluid show and I like that just it's Mm -hmm. little details, but it's little details like this when you're used to watching sports like I am That makes actually a big difference
1: Yes, absolutely totally agree
0: Jurassic Express with Marco stunt and jungle boy. Can you tell us a bit more about Luchasaurus and why he wasn't here tonight?
1: Well, they basically said that he had a lower body injury something more so to do with his hip where he actually had to go to the hospital so it was unfortunate we didn't get to see Luchasaurus uh, being a part of this tag tournament because him and Jungle Boy have developed some excellent chemistry and become a very unique act here for AEW, especially in their uh, red-hot tag division with some great teams and setting themselves apart. So Luchasaurus out, and good thing that he's they're in a three-man unit because Marco Stunt was the easy and logical choice to fill in for Luchasaurus.
0: And poor Marco Stunt, he got beat up. Can someone please go check on Marco Stunt right now to see if he's okay? Because holy Lucha Bros, which have a kind of a samurai-like entrance attire. I take it, I take it. They put on a beating, a quite severe beating on Jurassic Express and especially Marco Stunt to eventually get the emphatic victory.
1: Yeah, you know what? This was a really good tag match. Um, A rare one that – one of the other ones that got the uh, side-by-side with the commercials going on. You could see what was going on uh, with the split screen. Um, You know, I think it was a good match to show what Stunt can do uh, when, you know, called upon. I think Marco Stunt, like Riho, every time he's going to be in there, it's always the uh, David versus Goliath storyline. But – Uh, the lucha bros just have so much, you know, charisma, some of the best, the best entrance I would say right now in the business is the lucha bros. They bring so much of an aura. Uh, when they did that tilt-a-roll spot where they like lawn darted stunt into Fenix and he was able to just spike Fenix's head right in the mat with that DDT, that was awesome. And then that pump handle pile driver from Pentagon on Marco stunt was excellent. But I mean, you know, even if Luchasaurus was in the match or not, you really could see the writing on the wall when it was the Lucha Bros in this match. You knew they were probably going over, it's just how they did it. Uh, and I think with Marco Stun, he also added another element to this match, making the Lu- Lucha Bros, who are so used to seeing hit fl- high flying moves with their moves with their lucha libre background, but they got to you know look as a big power act for a little bit in this match. And you know that was very very unique. Uh, only complaint really was Jim Ross calling Jungle Boy, <laughs> what Jungle Jack Perry? That is not his name. His <laughs> no. name is Jungle Boy. Please call him Jungle Boy.
0: I guess they wanted to just put it out there that he's Luke
1: Perry's son. I and, think they've mentioned it before. I mean you can and, mention it again, but just call him Jungle Boy. Yeah, cause
0: this, it's jungle Boy. Look. He looks like he grew up in the jungle. Exactly. Uh, He's just like Mowgli. Moxley and the Bastard Pack versus Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, in a tag match. Of course. There's a Moxley video. There was a Kenny Omega's entrance. I really like how they're they're trying to make a difference. We didn't just have like Four blend entrances. We had a little bit of of mix in there with a little video from John Moxley. It's fun to see John Moxley being able to express himself in a authentic way and not trying to play up for a style that he doesn't agree. John Moxley, as a whole, is quite a character. He's real. He brings a touch of 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 street street smarts, it brings a little touch of, of realness, a little touch of what happens in the backyard into AEW, and in this video, and this match, the way it happened, you can understand, of course, the motivation, also, him and Kenny Omega, they they want to fight, but they want to fight fair, and they want to fight the way they want to fight, they don't want to let anyone else tell them how they should fight, so at the end, of course, When they both find themselves with uh, Kenny Omega and his broom with barbed wire around it. Also, John Mockley with his bat and barbed wire. And they're ready to face each other. Oh, and Kenny Omega swings, miss. And then Bastard Pack comes in. The Bastard takes the broom away. The crowd is going wild. They're angry. They wanted to see some fisticuffs with weapons. And then Pack takes... The bat away from John Moxley too, throws it outside and actually cuts his finger in the process too. But then John Moxley Pack starts arguing, that's eh, my bat. Don't take my bat. Dirty deeds. Ba ba John Moxley leaves his partner Pack laying, and the match is over.
1: Yeah, this was a really good match. Uh, I like the logical finish. Uh, to this match where Pac was basically saying to Moxley, like, don't use the weapons, you know, because once again, hyping record. how important yes. wins and losses are, don't use that. I'm un- Like, He's also like, I'm undefeated. I can't have a, a uh, yep. mark on my record here. And then Moxley hit him with the double birds and then the double arm DDT. And then Pac uh, is left high and dry where Hangman Page and Kenny Omega just go to work on him and put him away. And, you know, for... Omega uh, For uh, the likes there Of uh, Pac He can just say Look I had a loss But I lost to two Of the top guys In this company In a tag So that keeps him strong And it makes you Want to see Once again Still Omega And uh, Moxley Moxley For the full gear Pay-per-view It's going to be I think Obviously, they're hyping it up as the co-main barely, event.
0: They barely so touch, right? Too so that's the that's the goal. They were able to have a match versus each other without barely touching each other. And you want to yeah. keep the touching for the pay-per-view.
1: Yeah, you want to keep the big moments in there in that, that match for for the pay-per-view. So I, I'm really excited to see where they they go with that. We have a couple more weeks before that pay-per-view, so that's going to be uh, real unique. Uh, And as well, I wonder where we're going with Hangman Adam Page. You know, he comes in here, helps get uh, another win uh, for him in AEW. But it's like, where are we going? Because I I was enjoying that one tag match he had last week with Dustin Rhodes as a partner. I think that'd be a good tag team. But it looked like we were also building up him and Jake Hager. Who knows where we're going with that now? So he seems a little bit in limbo right now. Nonetheless, they're still showcasing him as a big, important act. on the top tier end of the undercard. Well,
0: you only see not even 20 wrestlers a week, right? So so I think that's important. You don't overexpose people. And Hangman Page is the closest thing to overexposition you have in AEW so far as being the fourth important man in two straight tag team matches. So he was not the most focused on in this main event, in this uh, match as well. It wasn't a main event. There's a main event coming after. But for me... Angman Page needs to, to have his own program. He can be the second wheel once again, if not the third wheel once again next week, right? They need to address the, the Jake Hagar situation that did influence yeah. the main event, but not this match. Speaking of the main event before that, with the, re, with the Moxley and Pack incident in the following, the, the previous match, it was announced that next week in Pittsburgh in the Peterson Event Center, uh, the Lucha Bros will fight, of course, a private party, but also Pac the Bastard will face John Moxley in Pittsburgh.
1: As well, we have uh, uh, Dark Order and SCU in the other uh, semifinals of this tag tournament. And, you know, Dark Order had a match last that aired, uh, was uploaded yesterday from uh, last week's uh, tapings in Boston for AEW Dark. And, man, that's an act, really good act. And I thought they were getting them over on the pay-per-views and the build-up to even before the launch of Dynamite, but that's an act that's really cold right now. That they need to have a real good showcasing. Because it felt like them getting the buy that they'd be big, bit heavily involved somehow still in the show. It's like that hasn't been the case.
0: Right. It's like they forgotten a bit.
1: That's gonna be, I think, a big step for AEW next week. Making the Dark Order seem relevant because SCU, private party. Uh, who else is out? there? The Lucha Bros—they seem like very prominent acts in this company right now, whereas uh, the Dark Order does not. You're
0: right. Feels like they have been forgotten, even though they they have a buy, so like the favorites. Because we haven't seen them, they do feel a bit forgotten, I guess. And to finish the show, Chris Jericho versus Derby Allen with TV time remaining for the AEW Championship. First of all, we haven't talked about this since we've started the show. What do you think of the strap, Jason? What do you think of a new look for a wrestling championship belt that is different from title belts we've seen in the past?
1: I think it's a great looking design. It has some similarities to the IWGP championship uh, for what the champion in uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling will will uh, wear around his waist. I think it's a good-looking belt. Has that also an old uh, of the older UFC title belt designs? I think it's a solid-looking belt. Like there's no real complaint. I don't see any. I haven't seen anyone really complain about it either. So that's a positive for AEW that they got their main championship looking uh, really respectable.
0: And it's worth We know that because when uh, he lost it, Chris Jericho, uh, insurance papers came out and it's worth $30,000. But Jericho, Derby Allen, Jericho had problem putting Derby Allen away. Derby Allen showing extreme resiliency in uh, submission moves. And uh, Chris Jericho got tired, took some duct tape, (laughs) tied his arm behind his back, and eventually after Jake Hagar... uh, Made a run in and hit Derby Allen. Before Derby Allen uh, was going to attempt the coffin drop, he gets hit on the head, falls down. Chris Jericho puts him in the walls of Jericho, the lion tamer, and Derby Allen is ha- obliged to verbally tap out because he's tied up. But Derby Allen losing, Chris Jericho retaining the AEW Heavyweight Championship.
1: Yeah, Darby Allen in the past, what, three weeks or so of AEW has been built up as one of the biggest breakout stars in this company, was over like Rover here uh, in Philadelphia. And, you know, you saw the, the paintwork on him said New Champ and on a skateboard said that. So I, I like that as well. Uh, but I, I like the, the mismatch or the different styles. Obviously, Jericho's bulked up over his time here since going to New Japan, now being part of AEW. So Jericho's the big power guy, and he had to you know, try to catch up with the speed and the agility of the much lighter, much quicker Darby Allin. Um, and I think Jericho, once again, just shows how great he is. He makes everyone in that company he steps in the ring with seem important, seem valuable. And even when he handcuffed or taped up Darby Allen's hands uh, behind his back. Allen still was able to showcase his big moves, his agility, like that Asai moonsault yeah. with your hands tied behind your back is insane. It's so dangerous. It's like, if There can is a, kill such a chance you mess that up and just go headfirst into the mat.
0: Ouch! Can you just imagine? You you can't protect yourself. You're,
1: you're no, done. Exactly you're done, buddy. Like, we're <laughs> used to seeing Darby Allen from his time with Evolve on the independent scene do insane stuff. And just taking it to another level here. Uh, and I like how like he was going for the coffin drop. And just before he can get even attempt to get it away, there's Jake Hager. So maybe that's where we're going with the program for Hager. I don't know. Obviously, AEW can't put Jake Hager in a match yet or any real program as he still has a fight exactly. next week with Bellator so once that's said and done we'll probably get a program in his in-ring debut or if that a match with either Page or right now it looks like Darby Allen will be at the full gear pay-per-view nonetheless uh, a real good title match I don't think it needed to be a street fight though I know it adds another element to this match and it's in Philadelphia which is known for the hardcore and the street fights but I don't think it needed it, especially it didn't make a lot of sense. Like it's a street fight, so there really aren't any disqualifications. and yet Jericho had to break the walls of Jericho twice with Alan in the ropes. Like he should have just sat on that and be like, I don't really care. like yeah, I'll what just do you gotta let do? Him pass out.
0: Exactly. He can't disqualify me. say, so what do you gotta do? just break the hold and I'll put it right back. <laughs> no, I think you're right. But also, I think uh, just to go back to what you mentioned for Jake Hagar, of course, I was surprised to see him tonight, period. When, it, when we haven't seen him in the first hour and 45 minutes of this show, was like, oh, well, we might not even see him today because of his fight next week. And that's OK. It's fine. The guy's got to focus to not get hit in the head next week because it's, it's for real. Next week is a shoot. Tonight to to work yeah but you know
1: well I mean also he's the heater of the group exactly so they didn't have anything uh, as a, a unit out in front of the camera so you can bring him out out of the back uh, you know because Le Champion needs his security <laughs> Le so Le I, I was fine with that personally like you know he you didn't see him but when when called upon he was there to help Jericho out now Jericho probably you could have had him also just beat Allen nonetheless. Uh, at least keeps Allen strong as exactly. well, like a, vi- a valuable part of this top tier of AEW right now where Jericho needed help to beat him. So I- I'm fine with that.
0: But it also lessens a bit of Chris Jericho before the pay-per-view with Cody. So it kind of gives Cody a bit more of a of momentum going into that match too. And it's all about the storyline. So I think that's going to make for a great match down the road. Four weeks time on full gear, November 9th on pay-per-view but just before we finish of course after the match a little bit of the bubbly you champion in the ring with some bubbly life is beautiful
1: yeah absolutely <laughs> uh you got a the bottles were popping and that was the end of dynamite before we head out to week four next week and another week. Pittsburgh
0: yeah it will be fun Pittsburgh Brittsburg, next week and we'll be here next week as well wednesday all elite review show right after all elite dynamite on t n t you can find us on Twitter at all elite review you can follow Jason at j One and myself at kevlarme Jason thanks again and you can if you can uh, uh just tell our listeners as well on your social media if you're a big m m a fan I truly suggest you follow Jason. He covers MMA more than I've seen anyone cover anything. It's awesome. He's the reason I'm up to date in my UFC coverage because I just follow you. And that's how I know what happened.
1: Yeah, thanks. Uh, you know, just paying attention to pretty much all things combat, sports, as well as uh, junior hockey here in Canada. Uh, yeah, my f- Twitter, you can follow me there at, at J the letter J, Hagholm, H-A-G, H-O-L-M, and the number one.
0: And you can follow me at Kevlarme if you like wrestling. And of course, if you like soccer, I hope you're following me already. But until next week, for Jason, I'm Kevin. We wish you a great wrestling.